Welcome to the Mackenzie on Motherhood podcast. From labor to lullabies, I'm your nurse friend through it all. Growing, having, and raising a baby is super overwhelming, and let's just try to simplify it. Join us as we dive into diverse birth stories and feeding journeys of real parents. Learn valuable tips and tricks from me, a labor and delivery and postpartum nurse, and a fellow mom. My goal is to help you find your power through knowledge and support as we embrace the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Friendly reminder, the information presented is for educational purposes only and not medical advice. See mckenzieonmotherhood.com slash disclaimer for more details. Hello, hello. Welcome back. My name is Mackenzie. I am the host. I'm a labor and delivery and postpartum nurse. I'm also a fellow mom. I've got two boys at home. They are three and one and that's my life. So let's talk today about surprising things about labor and birth because there are a lot of things that my patients will be very, very shocked by. And, um, this is from my own experience with my patients. And then also I've asked my community, what surprised you? So here's the list. Number one, how boring labor can be sometimes, especially early labor where you're just getting some tightenings or kind of period like cramps or contractions that are ever, you know, 15 minutes or 10 minutes. That part can be really, really long and sometimes kind of slow and boring. Um, the other thing is inductions. Inductions can take a long time. I think my record is like a patient who had a four or five day long induction. Inductions are convincing your body to do something it doesn't want to do. So it can take a while. When I talk about those long inductions, it does not mean that you are having active labor contractions so painful that you can't talk through them for days. That's not what it means. But Long inductions can look like your cervix is not ready for labor yet, so we have to do cervical ripening, which basically you can think of your cervix as a banana. And when it's not ready for labor, it is like a hard, firm, green banana, right? And then we are wanting to make your cervix into a brown banana, brown, soft, mushy, ready to open and have a baby. So that process of going from a green banana cervix to a brown mushy banana cervix can take sometimes a full 24 hours, maybe even longer if your body's really not ready. That's why my biggest tip for, especially if it's your first time giving birth, bring a book, bring some movies, bring like a fire stick or Roku or whatever you can stick into the TV at the hospital so you can watch your shows or your laptop. If you are giving birth in the United States of America in a hospital, it is kind of rare that you see your doctor a lot. Um, The labor and delivery nurses are basically the ones who are with you the entire time. They admit you, they are with you your whole labor and with pushing and after the baby's born. Your doctor or midwife may stop in in the morning before their clinic time, may come in during lunchtime, but unless there's like an emergency or something that they really need to be there to assess you, um, they're not going to be there. It's going to be the labor and delivery nurses taking care of you. And some doctors don't even like to push with their patients and they get called in to deliver the baby once it's a couple pushes until baby's out. Some midwives will, and some doctors too, will push the whole time with their patients. But again, also pushing can take a couple hours. So sometimes it's just you, your partner or visitor, whoever's with you, 
and the labor nurse pushing for two hours. And then once babies are right there, that's when the room gets full of people and the doctor and we deliver the baby. When your water breaks, it can be a ton of fluid that comes out. Um, I, for one, when my first son's water broke, oh my gosh, I soaked like three beach towels full of fluid. Another thing is the fluid that comes out, the amniotic fluid, is warm because it's, you know, your body temperature. So it does truly feel like you're peeing on yourself. Also, your water will continuously leak out until you give birth. It's not like, oh, my water broke and here's a big gush of fluid and then it stops. That's not true. Your water continues to continues to leak out until you give birth. Here's the other thing. Sometimes when your water breaks, it isn't that big gush of fluid and it's this slow little trickle and it's kind of hard to determine, did I just pee myself or am I actually slowly, continuously leaking amniotic fluid? How you can determine the difference is if it's your water that's broken, it will be a continuous trickle. It'll keep going and keep going and keep going. If you've peed yourself, you just pee yourself once and the water, you know, stops. So yes, it can be a big gush of fluid or a slow continuous trickle. Either way, the water keeps continuously coming out until birth and it's warm. Something that takes people by surprise, especially if you're a more modest person, is there gets to be a point in labor where you're just super hot and you don't care and all your clothes come off and you don't even care and you're just naked in front of a stranger, really, because me as your nurse is a stranger when you first meet me. Um, It is so normal to just be completely naked in front of people. Granted, I will always give you modesty, try to cover you up, especially if you are a more conservative, modest person. Of course, we, I, we want to conserve your modesty and stuff. But sometimes you just don't care and you're just butt-ass naked in front of the world and you're just like, I'm having a baby. I don't care. <laughs> Something that's also very common in labor is to throw up. Throwing up, not, it's not just for pregnancy in the first trimester. It's really common to throw up in labor. I don't know like the percentage, but I would probably say it's a 50-50 chance if you will throw up. Sometimes throwing up is a sign for us that it's getting closer to baby time. Sometimes people during transition where they're about 8 to 10 centimeters right before they start pushing can throw up. But sometimes people just throw up throughout labor. And we, of course, can give you like anti-nausea medications to help it. But it is just a common thing that sometimes happens. Now let's talk about epidurals really quickly. Epidurals are not a guarantee of pain elimination, okay? Remember, epidurals are pain management, um, and they're not a guarantee. So sometimes you can have the world's best epidural, and you don't feel any of your contractions or any of that ring of fire when baby comes out. But also, sometimes epidurals can be one-sided or have a little hot spot where you feel a little area in your tummy where you can feel the contraction, but everywhere else you can't feel the contraction, You will frequently hear me talk about whenever I talk about pain and labor to practice and research your pain coping techniques like breathing and meditation, massage, different positions, because your epidural still is not a guarantee. You will still feel some pain or intensity or pressure, however you want to label that. A common side effect that people don't really talk about with epidural is itching. 
and shaking. Sometimes people, and it's not a majority of patients, it's kind of more of a minority of patients, um, but they can just react to the epidural medication and they can just feel really, really itchy. And then, of course, once the epidural is done and they've given birth, their itchiness goes away, but sometimes they can get itchy. Another thing about after an epidural is you can really shake. Your body's just shaking and shaking, shaking uncontrollably. Some people have it from the epidural. Some people can have it just being in labor and all your hormones coursing through your body. The epidural shakes, and especially too, if you have a C-section, that anesthesia as well for the C-section, the spinal shot, that can also make you shake really uncontrollably. So I heard someone call it a birthquake, like you have birthquakes, um, and that's a good way to describe it. And again, you can have the shaking after you give birth too, of just shaking uncontrollably an hour or two postpartum. Let's move on to now we're about to have a baby. Something happens called bloody show, and bloody show is some bright red bleeding that comes obviously out of your vagina. It's like bright red bleeding with some mucus and stuff. Um, it's not like pouring out of you or anything. It's just a small amount of bright red bleeding. And that blood is just from your cervix dilating quickly. Your cervix is full of blood vessels and stuff. So they kind of all pop and bleed a little bit when you are dilating quickly. So whenever I see someone have bloody show, like they wipe or I see it in the bed that they have this bloody mucus, I know that's like a really good sign because that means their cervix is dilating. All right, guys, pooping during birth. We're all afraid of it, but it is so normal to poop while you are pushing. Think about the anatomy, guys. Your vagina and your rectum are right close together. And if a baby is coming out of your vagina, pushing everything out, if there is poop in your rectum, that head is just going to push the poop out. There's no other way to like get around that. Um, it's okay if you poop. It honestly means that you are pushing in the right spot and using the correct muscles. So I like it when my patients poop. I want to see you poop. Poop away, girlfriend. Good job. <laughs> so no worries. I don't really know the percentage. I wish I did. But I feel like, again, it's like 50-50 if you poop or not. I mean, if there's poop in your rectum, it'll come out. Um, with my first baby, I did not poop. And my second baby, I did. And of course, so my mom's filming my second birth and I'm actually having a water birth. And I'm in my like hands and knees kind of leaning over the tub. And my mom zooms in because I'm pushing, zooms in to my butt. And you just see <laughs> this little poop float away in the water and I'm like great time to zoom in mom on my nice little turd I just squished out while <laughs> giving birth on the topic of butts the amount of pressure you feel in your butt guys sometimes it doesn't feel like you're giving birth to a baby and it just feels like you are pushing a bowling ball out of your butt with epidurals you it takes away the pain of the contractions, but you can still feel all of that pressure. And honestly, all of that pressure goes into your butt. And almost everyone tells me, I feel like I have to poop. And when someone tells me I feel like I have to poop, that's most likely baby time. And obviously, I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I knew this going into my first birth and I had an epidural. I knew I was going to feel butt pressure. Pushing to me felt like I was taking the biggest shit of my life. It didn't feel like my baby was coming out of my vagina. It felt like he was coming out of my butt. Truly. Feels like I don't want that to scare you. It's pressure rather than pain. I didn't feel pain when it 
felt like I was pushing and pooping. It just feels like a ton of pressure in your butt. Usually if you don't have an epidural and you are unmedicated and you can feel everything going down, it just feels, and this is also my personal experience because I've experienced both ways, it just feels like an insane amount of pressure. You can feel baby drop into your pelvis. You can almost feel your body just automatically starts taking over, pushing. You have this urge to push and you push baby out. And it's wild because you can feel the head come out. You can feel the shoulders come out. It's a wild experience. Along with pushing, and I kind of said this earlier, um, it's very much surprises people that the nurse is the only one in the room with you when you're pushing, especially if it's your first baby and pushing might take a while. It's just one, it's just your labor and delivery nurse and you pushing the baby out. And then once it gets closer to birth and we can see more of the head coming out, that's when a lot of people can come into the room. At the time of birth, there's going to be your labor nurse, the baby nurse, the doctor or midwife, and the OB tech. So there will be four healthcare professionals in the room. However, if it's a higher risk delivery or we are thinking that like baby might need some help after coming out, there also might be a NICU team in there. And there might be the labor nurse, a NICU nurse, a neonatal nurse practitioner, or a neonatal, uh, what is it called? Neonatologist. That's what it's called. Um, and then the doctor and midwife, OB tech, and there might be even another labor nurse. So it's kind of like a big, big birthday party. And then once baby comes out and if everything's okay and baby's nice on your chest and it's all good, everyone just kind of disappears really quickly. There's also a smell to birth. And sometimes birth can just be a little smelly. If you think about it, there's a lot of fluids going on. There's your amniotic fluid and your water breaking. You may be gassy, especially, I mean, okay, this is my personal experience, but after I got my epidural, I was so gassy. Guys, I was farting away. away. It's like embarrassing, but you know, you you can't control the bottom half of your body. Everything is just loosey-goosey. So farts were just coming out left and right. So there's your amniotic fluid. There might be farts. There might be poop. Um, And then just the blood also mixed with that. And then, of course, you're sweating. Um, Birth rooms can kind of be smelly sometimes. Um, Not all of them, but some of them. And that's okay. And the labor and delivery nurses and the doctors and stuff, oh, we are so used to that smell. If it is especially smelly, many hospitals have like essential oils and stuff. We can like put gifts, put like a diffuser in the room to diffuse some oils. Going along talking about hospital staff, you guys, we can be annoying and I apologize. There are certain times that we have to do assessments, we have to do tests, blah, blah, blah. There's the cafeteria coming in and out with food trays and lab coming in and out. Sometimes it's just feels like you're always getting interrupted and it sucks because hospitals should be a place of rest and healing, but instead... We're peeking in on you being like, hi, did the baby eat? How are you feeling? Do you need some meds? Blah, blah, blah. If you can work it out with your nurse. So how I practice my nursing practice is I meet, if I have a postpartum patient, I meet my patients and I make a plan for that, for my shift. And I work night shift. So I make a plan and I tell them like, when you are awake and feeding baby, call me so I can take your vitals and do your assessment when you're awake. Because I don't want to wake you up just to get a blood pressure and see how you're doing if you're going to be awake an hour later to feed the baby. So try to like work out a schedule with your nurse so that you can have as little interruptions as possible. 
Lastly, hot flashes. Your body just went from being pregnant to not pregnant and your whole hormones are all changing and you can get hot flashes like after birth, no matter if you have a vaginal delivery or a C-section delivery. Common to have the night sweats too postpartum. People say to bring a fan like during labor, but I say keep the fan with you because that fan can be nice if you have hot flashes after birth. And that's my list of surprising things about labor and birth. I want to remind us that our bodies are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. We can grow and birth a human being, and that is amazing. And yes, there is puke and poop that comes along with it. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it's exhausting, it's physically taxing. So many adjectives I can use to describe birth. I'll just leave it at, it's a wild ride. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope you learned something new. And um, just a reminder, you are a remarkable human being, and I'm really proud of you. And if no one's told you, you're doing a great job. All right. Bye, guys. I'd love you forever if you hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with all of your friends. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at mackenzie.on.motherhood or check out my website, mackenzieonmotherhood.com. I've got some great free resources for you guys, like a birth plan and a postpartum checklist. And then, of course, if you want to be on the podcast, head over to my website and submit your story. And final reminder, the views and opinions expressed on the Mackenzie on Motherhood podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The views expressed are my own opinions, and for more detailed information, visit mackenzieonmotherhood.com slash disclaimer.